You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. No, Sid Talk. I am not going to rub your foot during the duration of the podcast. Come on. Come on. You're not doing anything else. You're just talking. Your hands are <laughs> waggling around all the time. You might as well have to do something productive. What's wrong with your foot? It just hurts like a hooker. Did you sprain it? <laughs> No. Did you? I have no twist idea. It? I'm old and I'm relatively fat. You're not old. I'm middle aged. I'm relatively fat and I've been fat relatively for quite a while, years and years, decades. So I'm thinking <laughs> that might. You're not fat. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know one of your friends who would completely disagree, but uh, I think that's got it's got to have something to do with it. And I don't know. It just hurts like. Jingle jangle, and it's when you you did give me a bit of a massage. Well, I was trying to swear (laughs) again. I already swore, so but um, you did give me a nice foot massage last night. This is a benefit of marriage. In case anyone doesn't know, you're married to me and my foot and my fat, and I'm married to you and your lovely massaging hands and your skinniness. You know what that reminds me of? (laughs) The um foot massage scene in Pulp Fiction. Right. You remember that? Barely. There's no foot massage scene, but there's a, a dialogue about you foot understand. massage. You yeah. understand. It's a very intimate thing, isn't it? Yeah. We're watching TV. I say massage my foot. You say fine. You massage my foot. And the instant you decide you're done, you look at your hands as if you've just stuck them in a sewage drain. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, go wash your hands. And my feet were perfectly clean, but you're just like, in your mind, it must be like, oh my God, 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 oh my God. I do God, like oh to wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's that's the beginning of the show discussion right there. All right, so it is Saturday, March the 29th. This yeah. is after look the show here. number. Not over here. This is after the show. I know where to look. Thank <laughs> you. This is after the show number 320. This is the movie we're looking at this week is The Wolf of Wall Street. It's a 2013 movie released on Blu-ray on the 25th of March, so you can pick it up now. It came out this week. It's rated R. Definitely deserves the R rating. Possibly maybe even a bit further than yeah, the R rating. Yeah, R is fine. And it's from our friends at Paramount. Nominated for Oscars. Best actor for... It's, it doesn't have the Oscar nominations on the front of the box. It has Golden Globe nomination. Leonardo DiCaprio. Nomination or won it? Nomination. Winner. Winner, yeah. That's why that's yeah, on there. But it didn't win Oscars, but it was nominated. Uh, so along with our Oscar... Because so, they're like, fuck the Oscars if they're not going to give them to us and they're going to give them to a slave movie and a gravity movie. True. <laughs> so, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, synopsis, please. Sit down. Synopsis. Uh, a dude who's very greedy apparently saw the movie Greed in the 80s and decided he wanted to live it. And that movie might even also be based on him. I don't even know. Partially. It's a Wall Street thing. Uh, just that. A dude who just has... Okay, no ethics whatsoever, dripping with desire for excess, and I believe he cares about people individually. His own people. I truly do believe, from the way it's portrayed, I don't know about the real person, but his, his thing, I don't even think it's about just being rich, right? The way it's portrayed. This is a dude, the story, this is a story about a man who just will never quit wanting more. Interaction, get it, do it, conquer it. Da-da. You know, he would be like a conqueror of the 
you know, pre-Roman years. He would be that guy who would, like, gather an army and go out and conquer a whole... Whatever. What Maximus. <laughs> Maximus. <laughs> he was a gladiator. Yeah. He didn't conquer he... anything. Stand, <laughs> up and, one stand up and do a... Uh, no, I'm speech. talking about, like, an Alexander the Great kind of guy who decides he just wants everything. True. That's what this is about. And it takes place in the 80s and 90s. Um... Beautifully so, yeah. done, by the way. Based on a true story, um, this, this guy's a real guy, Jordan. Based on a book Jordan written by the guy about whom the story is. Therefore, you're getting his account, and I don't know how much deeper they delved into people that he knew, but th- you have to consider the source. Yeah, it's, it's a movie, uh, primarily, based on... It doesn't favor story. him, though, so I give no, him No, it doesn't, and I just that. read his reaction on the movie. He... Um, because it doesn't favour him, and mm-hmm. it, it shows him in a bad light a lot of the time. And he yeah. said that um, he's perfectly fine with the movie showing that, because that's what he was, and now he's a different, changed person after mm. what happened to him. I don't believe people change. I don't either. I mean, you can stop doing drugs. He maybe channels stop. it in a different direction. Exactly. That's, that's precisely correct. Because now he's a motivational speaker slash inspirational... Tony Robbins type. Yeah, one of those type of dudes. The um, Prince of Persuasia. Yeah, in if fact, if anyone can, watches Bob's Burgers, you'll know fact, what you I'm talking about. You can hire him uh, to come <laughs> do things. So, The Wolf of Wall Street, Martin Scorsese's new movie. I've always been a Martin Scorsese fan, and I think it's Scorsese. Yeah, and um, <laughs> these uh, this movie is back to his old filmmaking style, um, i.e., Goodfellas and Casino. It's in the his real like. Very direct. Sometimes the sometimes the characters talk to the camera as though yeah uh, they break the wall. He's telling us the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's cut in that way. It's that very. It's it's telling you a series of events with no kind of slant. I find, like, it just it's just saying these are the series of events. Like Goodfellas, these people are horrible. That's what we're, sh- we're going to show you, warts and all, exactly what happens here. Yeah, but I think it's still slanted. It's slanted in the direction of, these people are horrible. Yeah, and that's what they usually are. <laughs> and, and it's, it's and just giving you the hint of humanity. Yeah. But the rest of it's terrible. But he doesn't try and go, you, you would love to be these people, wouldn't you? It's not like that. I disagree with that a little bit. Because I do believe even Scorsese, as a dude, an ambitious I'm- dude, plants in there. And different people, even real people... One of the producers or somebody said it in one of the in the extra. Everybody wants this. This is the life everybody wants. Everybody wants to be rich. Well, no, everybody doesn't. But when you come at it from that point of view, then you sympathize with the person who might have been poor and now they're on a yacht. And your mind is how awesome that is. Not everyone like me. I don't think that's awesome. So he's he is coming at it as a bit of a slant as in, his gain, even though it's ill-gotten gains, isn't that the life you really want? And But this is how he got it. You know what I mean? So you get that tug of his reward is perfectly fine. The excess of everything. So that kind of glamorizes it. Now, what I was really surprised about with the movie was, unlike Casino and Goodfellas, this movie is, is about a horrible set of people and a horrible some horrible circumstances. But it's not really a violent movie. Just very briefly, there's a little bit of violence. Woven into real life situations. What I was very surprised about overall was how funny this movie is. Yeah, really funny. Because it's like, it, 
there are times when it's a comedy. It's actually a comedy. And there are times where it's tragic. It's kind of a bit of everything. Like, if there's some very personal drama. There's some exciting, you know, like, jet-setting kind of lifestyle stuff. Um, but it is actually very funny. Like, I, I laughed a lot in this movie. And, and you're laughing at things you know you're not supposed to be laughing stuff, at. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, the, the scene with the car, with him <laughs> getting to the car. That scene is, it's actually, it's horrible, but it's hilarious to watch, like, because of the way DiCaprio pulls it off. It's, you know, and there are other scenes that are really funny, like, um, without going into the cast yet, but it, it's played funny, but it's not actually a funny film. I right. guess you could say American Hustle that we watched a couple of weeks ago. Again, another kind of, epic, like, long uh, film. That was funny in parts, too, and I didn't expect that. It kind of comes off funny. I didn't feel like that. Well, so I, I mean, that's that. a lot more... I think that's a lot more serious than this film. But this film, I didn't expect that level of humour. I thought it was going to be... punctuated. Like with, I thought it was going to be <laughs> punctuated with violence. I, in fact, I was like, okay, some violence is going to come because this all seems too, like, you know, it's too... Everybody seems to be having fun. And, and then, you, then Shane comes on the screen, and you're like, oh yeah, there's going to be some violence. Yeah, and there really is very minimal violence. It's not like Joe Pesci stomping somebody's head or anything. It's it's like minimal. I think Scorsese kind of got over that bullshit. I don't think he did. I just don't think this story lends itself to it, because... I think he did. Well, no, but this story's not about violence. It's I understand, about... but I think he's older now, and he's got a better perspective on life, and that's not how you have to tell a story. So I think he has gotten over it. He could have incorporated it very easily. It's very. This movie is very similar to the movie Casino. I was thinking when I was watching it. Because that's all about, you know, um, the, the high life. Living the high life. Coming but, from nothing. and. But it's that one's punctuated with violence because obviously the mob are involved in that one. And Scorsese loves mob stuff. And, and this one is not to do with that at all. But it's got the same kind of, like, there's this guy and he... He's got this mission He's to do this sleazy. thing, and then he ends up doing this thing, and then it it corrupt it gets corrupted in the middle of it to make even more money, like Casino. Um, it's a similar type of movie. I really enjoyed it a lot. Like it, it, for me, so far the movies we've seen for this year, this is my favorite one. This should have been Best Picture, in my opinion. I would have this over Gravity. I've not seen Twelve Years a Slave. I was going to say you haven't seen it. I mean, I would have this. All the ones we've seen so far, even Dallas Buyers Club. Um, this is, I found it very, very fun to watch and you shouldn't find it fun to watch because <laughs> it is, it's dealing with some horrible human condition. Um, but it was a lot the of fun. Human condition of what? What would Just you say? excess and like people being like fucked up and drugs. Because and- being able to, essentially what it is is what we all do every single day. Every single day that we... Once we are where we're a consumer in this world, once you're a kid with a dollar bill to go buy something that you want, or these days a $20 bill, if you go to hand that over or you go online to buy your music and someone says, oh, hold on, or get whatever it is, unless you're buying something in the store, your shoes, and then someone walks up and says, oh, did you know that the people who made those shoes don't get treated very well and they don't get make any money, they're exploited... In the moment, we all want to do the right thing. But in the moment, we want the shoes. And if you have a $100 for a pair of shoes, or a $1,000 for a pair of shoes, or a $1,000,000 for a pair of shoes, 
and you want the shoes. It's almost as if we can flick off that switch. We're removed from. So this is very moved. The thing they're doing is calling up cold calls. This, the basis of the whole economics of the movie is there are companies everywhere, right? You've got Wall Street, which is like the big ones, Microsoft and Walmart and all that kind of, those kind of companies, the big, big dogs, right? Facebook. Then you got, you know, Ascully.com Incorporated, <laughs> who's like this, you know, might be in a shed in the back growing some seedlings, and now you've, you've been able to get on this market thing, and you want to sell shares to your company. Yeah, you've become a public company. But you're company, basically going to fail, yeah. but you're just desperate, and you're trying uh, unless, it. you got big ambitions, and now this company can say, well, sure, we'll sell your shares for a penny a piece, or two pennies a piece, or six pence a piece to people. And what they're doing is exploiting that. They're they're overselling it. They're not telling the buyer that it's a shack in a backyard and you're a loser. They're saying, it's the best new opportunity you've had. If you buy 10,000 shares right now, we're going to make you rich. And it also comes with a promise of... I'm a stockbroker who's going to help you with these, Correct. and then in the in the future, I will get you the Microsoft stock. Exactly, like, exactly. I, I am your in. Tagging on your credentials with the big thing. So what you're doing is you're over. You're not. It's not illegal-ish until it became until illegal. It, it yeah. becomes illegal. Yeah. I mean, just it telling becomes, someone it becomes almost like insider trading type weirdness eventually when they start yeah, manipulating when they start the buying, stocks, yeah. buying stocks and stashing them. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the heart of what they're doing that makes it turn out to be wrong. Because obviously they're going to end up with lots of money that they don't pay taxes on and all that the stuff. The movie has an interesting way of explaining the con of basically like every time he tries to explain it to you <laughs> as an audience, he then goes, you don't care. You don't even understand what I'm saying. So just take it this way. This is illegal, and we're kind and of... And this is what it's all about. Yeah. And he'll there's the yacht behind it's it. It's pretty interesting how they... Um, you didn't forget to put the guy who did the... Oh, you did forget him, because I really like the guy. Not got to the cast yet. I know, but you haven't done him. So I'm just saying. All right. We'll mention him when we get to it. But... <laughs> I don't know his name. The, um... It's interesting how... It, it's kind of dumbed down the movie slightly in that way. Because when he... Co- they never really explain the con. Like, it's just, it's just kind of like... Yeah, well, you know, we're kind of doing something illegal here. You don't really want to know the details of it. But you can fill in the details in your own mind. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, I understand what's going on. Yeah, and if you've watched just enough, barely enough news about the recent, the banks falling and stuff and insider trading, you just need to know the basics. And the interest in this movie starts when Wall Street was the big thing, and then the crash happens, and then, you know, this guy sees an opportunity off the crash and goes and does these penny stock things. Um, So... Let's move on to the cast. Uh, I I think the movie's fantastic, by the way. It's one of my favourite Scorsese movies, immediately. I can tell you this is a rewatchable type of movie. Um, it's Scorsese all the way through it. It's just his style, like, it, everything about it. It's really lush to look at. Like, it, he, you know, he, he's got into digital photography recently, and now he, this one's actually on film. Like, he went back to using film. It just looks really good. There's, like... But he's not afraid of digital effects. Because no. we get a lot, you, you, surprisingly, you get some like big action sequences. Like big action sequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like American Hustle doesn't really have any of that. Like mm-hmm. American Hustle, I said to you, it's like, um, it's people talking, isn't it? Yeah. The entire movie, this actually has. You Which know, is fine. Yeah. I, I'm fine with people talking. Yeah, but this is an interesting movie. It has kind of almost everything. 
Like some porno stuff, almost born borderline porno stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's got like ocean rescues. Yeah, rescue singular. It's got all kinds of stuff. Lots of stuff going up noses. Yeah, there's a lot of drug use in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let's move on to the cast. Leonardo DiCaprio, who plays Jordan Belfort. He can't do anything wrong for me. I haven't, you know, last one we saw him in was The Great Gatsby. Even though that's not the greatest movie of all time, I think it was a good choice for him. I think he played that really well, what he was playing. Um, Everything I see him in. You know what? I, I was thinking about it. Does Leonardo DiCaprio just do the same thing over and over again? You know, like like his performances. And um, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was thinking back of all the ones he's done. And he's been in a lot of movies. I think he just chooses his roles very cleverly. Like, he, you know, Howard Hughes, who he plays in The Aviator, and this guy. They're different guys. Yet, Leonardo DiCaprio, and, and you know, you can't... When you're watching Leonardo DiCaprio, you can't say, oh, you can't just forget it's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not one of those guys, is he? I don't just watch him and go, oh, he's just melted away. It's not not Leonardo DiCaprio. But it doesn't seem to matter in some way for me. Like, I enjoy his performance mm-hmm. every time. Like, some people, I you know, I don't enjoy it because I'm like, uh, it's him. Like, Oh, I can identify and we'll get to him in a minute. But, uh... <laughs> But Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't know, he just does a really... He chooses his roles pretty well. Aside from the beach, which I dislike a lot, it's not because of him, though. I just think that's I disagree that you're, what you're saying, then, is he's the same every time, but we don't notice it because the characters are different? I think he has very... I think he chooses very carefully who he's going to portray to fit his style. Because Django was not like anything we've seen him in, really. N- no, but Neither it's... was to Catch Me If You Can. He was like a spry little sort of like charmer. I just think he he picks what he knows he can do. Like sometimes actors pick all kinds of things and then eventually they get to the role where you're like, he's just mismatched in that. It doesn't fit. Like I think Robert De Niro doesn't fit in some roles I've seen him in. You're just biased because you want him to always be the hard ass, but you don't like him to be funny. Um, I don't care about him being funny, but I've also seen him in like little crime movies and stuff where I'm like, wow, you know, he's... Recently? He's been in a lot of movies recently, if you, if you look at his uh, thing. Um, movies that you don't even know about, like some straight-to-video movies. Some... I don't think he chooses wisely all the time. Do you think his stock is going down? I do think Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio chooses very wisely. I disagree with you. I think he chooses wisely, but I don't think he chooses and says, these are my skills, I can only do that. I, I don't, don't think, I think he... I think that this one does some things that you, it's even more... It's pretty out there. There are times when there are things he... You, he he kind of does of big as, characters every time. Yes, but that doesn't mean that that's something he knows he can I'd do. I'd like to see him do something kind of subdued. I think Snorting. Revolutionary Road is a good one. Yes. A, a different kind of... And think about this one. He physically wasn't... They weren't precious. He wasn't precious because he's down and dirty. He's on the ground. He's snorting stuff off of somebody's boobs. He's sucking something out of somebody's butthole. He's like... <laughs> I mean, we're talking about... And like she said about getting naked, what's her face? The girl, woman we're going to talk about in a minute. That you think you're, you can't do that thing. But when you're in an environment where like you're with this director guy and then the rest of the people, that's where you find out, oh, this isn't something I would have, like I don't see DiCaprio as the comedy riff kind of a guy, but in this one you can feel it happening with Rob Reiner and Jonah Hill and the other that's comedy the guys. Quite funny in this movie. That's what I'm saying. It's not like anything we've really seen where he's engaged with a, an ensemble, 
so much. But then again, he is the DiCaprio past. always. Like it's, so I can't. He is, but a lot of the goodness that comes out of this one is because of, and I'll admit it in a minute, the way it comes off with between other people. He's not just like da da. It's even in Django. You're watching him perform this guy. Yeah. It's and the a, engaging between other people, while it's necessary for the story, it's it's still a singular thing. He comes in, he does his thing. The, this one, it's really dependent on her. Because a lot of his stuff with her is amazing, I thought. And it's connected to her. It's not just him being him. It's totally connected to the other person. So I think that's different. Because usually you think of Leonardo DiCaprio, but- you think of... I'm not dogging him at all. I love him. I think he's um, one but of. But I think you're mistaken. I think he's one of America's finest actors. I, I know people go, "Oh no, he's just garbage. He's that guy I from know. the Titanic." Dismiss it. I think that is the wrong way to look at him. I, if you look at the body of films he's done, is I can't fault them. Like it, you know, the beach. But I you're can kind fault of him. saying he's just always the same. I don't think that's fair. No, I'm not saying he's always the same. That was my point. He's not always the same. He chooses characters. I think he's quite broad of his range, but I think there are... I'd like to see him do things that... What else hasn't he done? In my mind, there are some roles I'd like to see him to do, but I think maybe when he gets older... How about like a bad guy, you mean? Like a really bad guy? Yeah, I guess Django is a really bad guy. Exactly. I mean, a really bad, sinister person. Yeah, we haven't but, seen that. But what do you think of the you know character? What? No, I was thinking more like a so- like somebody's father or like a more of a... Well, you got to wait. He's only our age. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but he can still be a father, right? But, um, but I don't understand your point, but I guess we'll find out in years to come. My point is, that I think there's a lot to see from him. You're asking for a lot. You're like him. You're like his character. You just want more. You're greedy. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's awesome. So I'd like to, I'd like to see him in anything. And he, you know, we don't... Well, I guess he isn't. I was going to yeah. say he doesn't crop up very often, but he does. So Jonah Hill plays Donny Azoff. And uh, you uh, can't stand Jonah Hill? No. So you you can't stand this movie because of that? Not true. <laughs> okay. Hold on. These are your words. <laughs> I'm putting them in a little cake. And here you go. Cake. <laughs> <laughs> is it a scone or is it a cake? Um, that, you know what? I don't have to eat my words because he sucks, generally. I hate watching him. I hate listening to his voice. I've always hated it. From the instant I saw him in Knocked Up or whatever the first thing was. I, no, Grandma's Boy. Ugh. I was like, oh my God. Was he in that? Yes. He was like the annoying, me, 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 me. And this is how he sounds in every other movie. Me, 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 I just hate him. I hate watching him. Ugh. So when you say he's in this movie, he's nominated for Academy Award, I'm like, no. Okay. So this is where I'm coming from. <laughs> and I'm a person who doesn't like to ever say. I don't mind being wrong, but I'm more like being correct, right? So I was like, okay, okay, okay. Just get your brain settled. And it's Leonardo, Leonardo, it's going to be fine. Obviously, they wouldn't choose him if he's totally shitty. They did only pay him $60,000, so maybe they got their money. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. He comes on, starts talking, and I'm like, I've seen this clip. It's okay. Okay. He's not, okay, he's not annoying me. And that was where I was at for a long time in the movie. He's not annoying me. So that's good. Because I'm usually blocking him out. And then he just me- he did melt a bit for me. So that was the highest praise I can give him. Is that he became that sleazy side partner guy. 
And the kid, the, the little... He's also not a good guy. No, He's no, also no. a hateable no, no, no. kind yeah. of character. And all of the mannerisms that he incorporated and the way he talks and obviously the teeth and the everything about him, he let that, he, he made a person out of it. That's more than he's ever done for me. Because in the past, he's always the smarmy, snotty, tries to be funny, tries to be... I mean, he's actually funny and... But he's quite good. And I I don't know that he deserved the Academy Award nomination because I haven't seen all the movies. But in terms of getting acknowledged and me wanting to now see something else where he might be do something different... And it's you not, can you can hand me a piece of that cake. And, and yeah, I, this I don't is have this a is a um, serious you know it's a serious movie. When I say it's got, I a don't lot dread of, seeing him again. I say this has got a lot of comedy, but it's like it's also a serious movie. Yeah, it's not Grandma's Boy or Knocked Up. His character in this though is actually quite funny a lot of the time. Like a lot of the laughs were from that character f- for me, and, and obviously he him. leaks through every once in a while when he gets that sort of smart assy. I think he leaks vibe. through only. Where I was seeing Jonah Hill's, like, super bad type Jonah Hill was when he was in a big crowd scene or something yes. and he was being funny in the Trying background. to show off in front of everybody. Yeah, that's, yep. that kind of was like, oh yeah, that's kind of Jonah Hill. But when he's actually conversing with anybody, I I don't think of Jonah Hill. I wasn't thinking so of So for him. me, it's been a conversion experience. To and I'm not a massive fan of him. Um, I I can take him or leave him. I'm not, I don't hate him. I don't like him. But in this, I think he did a really good job. And acting alongside Leonardo DiCaprio, it's got to be a bit intimidating for a young actor. Um, I don't know, because I don't know the, I don't know what it's like. Maybe just in terms of what it everyone else expects. Everyone else is like precious about him, so you might feel a little bit intimidated, but I don't know. One of my favorite performances in the entire movie, and a shame it's so brief, is my uh, new friend, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Who you or used to not like. Yeah. At all. You McConaughey. Hey, McConaughey. He plays Mark Hanna, and he's in it at the beginning when Wall Street is in full flow, and he's this uh, stockbroker who Leonardo's first introduced to. Let's um, say this about, about McConaughey. He made the most of his very skinny year. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, this years. year has been some mind-blowing shit for him. He's been Two years of yeah. skinniness, like bone skinny shit, and yeah. he made the most of that time. Yeah, he's he did a, a lot of stuff, and we've seen him, and... Everything he's been fantastic in. Everything we have seen. And this role... And this is like literally like a three-minute part in this movie. But it totally... But it, you, I, I remember that scene. Yep, and it sets you up to understand what Leonardo... Because it's the first day of his job on Wall Street. You totally understand what he's in for. Yeah. And it, I, I and if, felt it at the time. And like, if this you're not in it. for it, then this <laughs> yeah. is not your job. Because he's kind of laying it out there for you. This little yeah. jar of cocaine. This is what and you'll be doing. Green. Yeah, and you, there is no ethic involved here. I love the thing about you taking their money and put it in your pocket. That's it. And that is it. So you're I just think, stealing money from people. It, well, you're, no. you're manipulating people to give you money Correct. Uh, on a false premise. Because it is false. You don't know shit. Like he says, I, stockbrokers know, the, know as little as anybody else. It's just people trust us in some it way. It doesn't real. That's yeah. what I loved about that whole speech. It was awesome. But McConaughey, fantastic... It's very. It's a brief scene, but I and I, I was like, I oh, hope he comes back in. I hope he comes back in the movie. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, he's just bizarre, <laughs> isn't he? But it's really, I don't know. He's he's an amazing. He kind of lets go, and that's what a lot of actors I think can't do sometimes. Yeah, and just you know what's funny? There's a lot of improvisation in this. Movie. But I bet he's a bit of a twat. I don't know that. This movie's a lot of improvisation, and if you watch that scene and look at Leonardo. 
There's a lot of he wants to burst out <laughs> laughing because it's funny. Yes, so I, like... I was looking at him, but it makes sense because he's this young dude. Who, it's yep. his first day on, and this guy's here, and it's semi funny, but you don't know whether to laugh because like he's the boss guy, and and it's his method. If this Matthew McConaughey, but you, I could see him. He was like, oh, the thing is though, so if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, okay, and we're gonna say social culturally speaking, you're up here, right? Just in the in the consciousness of our. Culture and the world's culture. I mean, he's the, Leonardo he's, DiCaprio's up yeah. here. You're aware of it. People love him. People hate him. He's up here. Matthew McConaughey, until the last year, less than a year, was just kind of oh, just that guy. He was at the bottom or anything. Right. He was just sort of like trodden along. So now all of a sudden, what do you have? You have this feel. I had this feeling in that scene that Di- DiCaprio was looking at him like, "Wow, I'm in the presence of like so beyond what I." <laughs> like he's up here and I'm down here. Some so I thought that was really interesting. McConaughey went to some secret acting school <laughs> or some weird. Perhaps aliens zapped him up and did he become worked on him and put him back down? No, he's god person, isn't he? Yeah, he's a god person. But something happened to him. Maybe that was it. And he god injected him yeah, with something. the fever. Um, so I'd also put down here Rob Reiner plays Max Belfort, who's um, his father. He's funny. He's really funny. You can tell. <laughs> But those scenes are improvised because Rob Reiner's kind of, he doesn't feel like an actor to me. He's, he kind of feels really natural, just like he's having a Like talk. he's actually his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and those scenes come across like that. They come across completely unscripted to me. I was like, wow, he's really just. He's just, a character person. He yeah. writes characters and that's his whole thing. But it's pretty funny, especially when they're talking about vaginas. Him and, uh, <laughs> him and his son. Like. Yeah. Or bush. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I the bush. It's pretty funny. It's just a funny dialogue. It's you know, it's it's weird and funny, like because it's a father and the son talking, and then him getting so pissed off when someone calls during a TV yeah. show, which is something. And then these he puts days, on a British accent. We don't even have to worry about it. It's weird, isn't it? You think about it. Yeah, you don't. Someone born in the last silent. ten years. <laughs> unless you're just that type of person, which I am not. If the if your phone rings. You just go, oh, I'll look and see who it is later. But 30 years ago, if your phone rang, it was like, and you just had to deal with it. It was just a box on yeah. the thing or on the wall, and you either answered it and talked to the person and interrupt your favorite oh, TV you show. And put it back down. <laughs> I never did that. I did. Well, I live in a small town with lots of family, so you just knew you had to answer the phone. I didn't, though. I never took it off. I'd take it off the hook after I've spoken to somebody thinking, I'm about to watch freaking. Charlie's Angels are something that I'm not going to answer the phone for <laughs> so I'd lay the phone down, and I'd get in trouble. Oh, I'd dangle it down the wall, actually. It was one of those 70s phone on the wall. Nice. So the cord wasn't very long. It would just dangle on the wall. And then pretty soon you'd hear the, eh, 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 you know, the busy signal. I always didn't started. usually do that in England. They just they just went, like, to a boo immediately if it right. off and just stayed like that. But I, I used to um, do the lift it up, put it down. They'll just call you back. If I was in on my own. No, after a while, is, they just see, don't. There's a generation now, they'll never, ever know what that's like. Because the phone is in their pocket, and, and they can, they can look and reject go, oh, it's grandma, or, or oh, it's my job, oh, shit, whatever, and you just work around it. So not the same anymore, is it? So uh, Margot Robbie plays Naomi Lam... Lap, I can't say that name. She's... Well, her, his wife. Yeah. Belfort. Eventually. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. My favorite thing in the I'm entire not even, movie. She, she's not actually somebody we all know. She's, this was I like a swore. major role for I her. I could have sworn I'd seen her so many times. But you look at her list and I mean, it's no, not you very haven't. long. Um, and 
And she's Australian, which you would never guess because she doesn't fantastic. To me, I'm not from Queens. She has an amazing accent. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, but and that accent's quite over the top to me anyway. At so, times, when yeah. she gets mad, it kind of comes out, and then the rest of the time she's trying to be a little classier. I thought she was absolutely the best performance to me in the movie. And, um, when I was some- reading about on the, you know, the real guy, when he was saying, like, when you were saying, oh, what did he think of this movie? And he said he liked it, and he said even hitting his wife in this movie, he did hit his wife, so fair play to showing it, because he did do it. Right. Um, he didn't do it in exactly the same uh, order, he said. He did it when he was really effed up on drugs. Right. But he, but he ended up hitting her, so he, you know. Gotta put it in there. He was fucked up on drugs that time. Yeah, well, this was he, this was another time, he said, before right. even they left each other, you know. But to know that he did it. Yeah. So he wasn't... You know, I was thinking, ooh, uh, the real guy watching this? This is not good. Right? Imagine sitting in a, a cinema for, or a premiere or something, and it's... Be a bit. If, near the if, as we see him portrayed, is even a fraction of what the real guy's like, there are humans like this who are, even though they're kind of shifty over here with the work and stuff, right? But they're an open book. They're they're just laying out there for you. The it's not, it's this is who I am. That's it. Period. And so I get the feeling that he would just say. Plus, it gets you more attention, doesn't it? The more, the bigger your character becomes in a movie about your life, the more attention. Obviously, you'll get a lot of um, absolutely publicity from this. Interesting, though. I thought people couldn't profit from crimes. I don't know if he ever got charged with a felony, but interesting. No, but he's served his time now and everything. So yeah, um, Joanna Lumley plays Aunt Emma. You know, if you're British, you know who Joanna Lumley is. She was Purdy in the Avengers. She was. Absolutely fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Which is and she was in a Bond movie. She wasn't a Bond girl, though. I think no, she Bond, wasn't a Bond so. girl, but she was a, a girl in a Bond movie. She was sitting in a chair knitting. <laughs> yeah. Not in the movie, but... Um, and then don't forget, is that the last one you have? Yeah. Don't the, forget this guy. The police guy. Kyle Chandler. I think he's awesome. I really do. He played that guy. He's the... Basically, he's the straight man. Throughout it all, he's the dude who's... Detective. Not, yeah, it was an FBI agent, so he's not a detective, but he's FBI. So he's on the tail of them, but not like doggedly or anything. He's just there to remind you that this behavior is not going to go unpunished because it is, you're duping, you're stealing from people and all that kind of stuff. So he's there, but it's subtle. It isn't preachy. And the scene on the boat is my number one favorite scene in the whole movie. The Matthew McConaughey. I don't know though. I like the one with the white with the girlfriend. There's a lot the of memorable scenes. There in really this movie. are. That's when why she it's, says, it's an quality movie. We're not gonna be friends. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but I thought that on the boat was really laying it out there. My- and he's he kind of trumps, you know, DiCaprio's character in a way because. And Kyle Chandler's the guy from uh, Friday Night Lights. If uh, most people from the TV show Friday Night Lights, I guess. Mm. Also from the movie, I don't know, but um. He, uh, yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, that one scene, there's not a ton of scenes that he's in, to be honest, is there? But that scene's pretty pivotal. Actually, Similar to the McConaughey We've seen him four or five times. Yeah, but it's, you know, that's the, that's the meaty scene <laughs> where he actually gets to act. And it's a similar kind of thing to Matthew McConaughey, you know, in it a little bit, but makes a big impression in the movie. So, um, this is directed by Martin Scorsese, obviously. 
directed a lot of movies that you will know. Uh, he's worked with Leonardo DiCaprio before, obviously, on The Departed uh, and Gangs of New York. Um, he's made a lot of awesome movies. You know? He's get- yes, yes. He's getting old. He's. Uh, do, do you like him? I'm neutral, to be honest. I think he's an extremely good filmmaker. I'm not saying he's not a good filmmaker. I'm saying I'm neutral. There's a difference between saying someone's good and my particular feelings about it. I think that relying heavily on massive violence and testosterone bullshit is a crutch. And it was through every single movie I've seen of his where it is the excessiveness of it. I get it. I understand how you tell a story and you don't want to flinch away from what really happens in real life. I get it. But it is glorifying it to a degree and it's easy to make a movie that bunches of dudes are going to salivate over when you have people getting their heads put in grip vices and shit and stomping them and beating them up and I made a lot think, of movies that guy i think that his focus on that stuff was sort of an infatuation with telling the story that way whereas now he's getting older and you know i mean his last movie was a children's movie um i forget its name the one about the train station the one that was Oscar nominated. So he's made a children's movie. But there I remember. Again, I forget it? its name. The one with um, Hit Girl in it. Hmm. Wow. It's totally <laughs> gone out of my mind. Hit Girl. Yeah. Hit Girl. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, you know, like, he's been around forever, hasn't he? Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. It's been a long time. And I think he's changed over the years, but I do think this movie fits in with, you could if you like Casino and Goodfellas, this is as near to the style of those as anything he's done. Yeah, but you can't say that people like it, because a lot of people who like Casino and Goodfellas like, like the it. Like violence, yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to like this, because it think sort this, of shies away from it. But this is, like, super adult, and there is stuff in this that are like that, especially the drug-taking and the excess of the whole thing. Um, Hugo? Hugo, that's the one. So, um... In conclusion, well, extras. There's one extra on this Blu-ray. <laughs> and I, I feel there's also, I've read, there's also maybe a director's cut of this movie, which is actually longer than three hours. But there's only one extra. And we found this with Blu-rays recently. The ones that were going up into the Oscars. They, I think the companies rushed them out just to get them out around the Oscar time or just after the Oscars. So this only contains one extra. And it's like, it's a good extra though. It's like 17 minutes. Leonardo DiCaprio, talk, you know, it's a lot of talking with him and Martin Scorsese. He does a lot of on-the-scenes, on-the-set stuff. No, McConaughey. I think he's above it. No, but I do feel that there might be a super-duper deluxe edition of Wolf of Wall Street further down the line because this seems very, you know, one extra, no commentary, no nothing. Um, and it is, I would say... I think this is going to be a movie people remember. It's, you know, like like people remember Casino and still watch Casino. I think this is... Mm, I don't know really, about that. I feel this is a memorable I don't movie. think people remember Casino because it's good. I think people people remember it because it's outrageous, just like Goodfellas, just like Godfather. I think this is pretty outrageous. Right, but it's not like that kind of outrageous. It doesn't have... It doesn't have that shock value. I mean, yeah, you have people snorting cocaine and lots of sex, but I mean, it doesn't have the low common denominator of. I could see this being run on HBO over and over and over for years to come. Yeah, that doesn't make it a classic. That's where people see a lot of films, and that's how things like Casino and Goodfellas, they just keep getting rerun and rerun, and, you know, because a lot of movies just fall away and nobody sees them again. They just 
I feel this is a memorable movie that will go down as one of his best ones for me. Hmm. I'm not saying it's not one of his best ones. I'm saying I don't think it'll be remembered that way. Plus, also, it doesn't hurt that it got nominated for Academy <laughs> Awards. Um, so, in conclusion, yeah, Leo, I was just thinking Leonardo DiCaprio. He just gets uh, he doesn't get any love, does he, at the Oscars? He just doesn't. <laughs> he just he gets up there and then they give it somebody else. Maybe one day. Well, I think, um, what's her face? They talked about Glenn Close. Not Glenn Close. The other one. <laughs> the other guy close. No, the other one. <laughs> Silk one. That one. She, <laughs> she's been nominated 19 times. She yeah. hasn't won 19 times. True. What the hell's her name? I don't know. I don't want to get into that now. So, uh, in conclusion... What do you mean um, we get into it? I can just think of her. Yeah, think but of her that, face. Uh... Somebody who looks like Glenn Close. <laughs> no, I just always confuse them and I don't know why. I'll think of it. So, yeah, The Wolf of Wall Street. I highly recommend this. It's a three-hour movie and literally it felt like 20 minutes to me. And I, at the end of it, I was like, oh, really? I could feel the end yep, coming? Yeah, me like, too. No, I don't want this to be the end now. Yeah, was- I'm actually enthralled by this movie the entire time. There was never a second where I was like, oh, this is really dragging. Precisely. It, it's, you know, masterful kind of storytelling. The way he tells. It's just, whoo. There's a lot going on. Um, so, thank you to Paramount. Are for you the saying movement. it's a lot like Frozen? <laughs> no, it's not like Frozen at all. <laughs> so, uh, in conclusion, thanks to Paramount. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you want to go and win a Blu-ray, not of Wolf of Wall Street, but some other Blu-rays, go to aschoolie.com. We've got a few contests going this week. Next week is The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog which is a quite a long title and weird title. Um, did you like the original Hobbit? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Mm. We saw it in the theatres. I have to see it again because I don't feel like I connected with it much, really. I mean, no. it, didn't, it didn't feel like a big enough adventure and I didn't really care about the... The trailers the for the second guys. one make it seem better, though. And we saw the trailer for this one and I was looking at it and I wasn't a big fan of that first Hobbit. Mm-mm. I thought it was a bit. I don't know. I, didn't I don't get, know. They didn't. They didn't give me. Like my mind is more like I want to know all about the characters and like that's what I care about the most. And then the adventure and the special effects come second. I didn't care about anybody. But I definitely thought <laughs> that the trailer. Like I don't care. The about trailer them. for this one makes looks. It looked more appealing to me. Like like I really liked a lot of the Rings movies. Um, and this looked. Like it was, there was a bit more to it. You know, it's hard, isn't it, with a when you're doing it in three parts and you've got to like set it all up because it's lit, that first movie, The Hobbit. You know, there's a lot going on, but then it's setting it up for what you know they arrive at the the location where the second one's going to take place, and it's like a lot of setup for that. Yeah, but it shouldn't be because it shouldn't be. A New Hope is not a setup for the next movie. It's completely contained. You're completely satisfied by the end of it. Knowing there are other movies is different from, well, this is enough. You didn't know there was going to be more Star Wars movies, and that movie was completely enough. It wasn't like at the end, it was like a Bond And that's movie. the problem. Bond when, will return. When I mean, you're yeah. making a book that already exists, and then you're also saying, oh, we're splitting this into three things. So we do this there, we do that there, we do that there. It, it, and he's pussy changed some things, and I don't know. It just felt a bit... But you listen to all the feedback from the first one and change things, is that what you're saying? 
Well, they made them all at the same time, so maybe, oh, maybe that wasn't possible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll be looking at The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog next week. Um, movie recommendations for this week. I'm just going with the easy ones. Yeah. Goodfellas and Casino, because they are both amazing, amazing movies. Both three-hour movies also. Amazing to you and to Movies others. that, again, when I watched them, didn't feel like a three-hour movie. I, they were like over before they started for me. Um, that's the thing he has, Scorsese. He's, he's got the, he likes to do these long movies. And, you know, they never feel long. And that is a, some kind of skill in that. You know, <laughs> not to make you bored. He's right. hypnotist. He's hypnotist. And mine, I'm going to be lazy this week too. Because you're almost always a little bit lazy with your recommendations. That's not I'm going to go, yeah, you are actually. I'm going to go with the Rob Reiner effect and say three of my favorite Rob Reiner movies. Stand by me. If you didn't know, the guy who plays the father in this movie is Rob Reiner. He's a director. And three of the many movies that he's made include Stand By Me, a cla- that's a classic, Will Wheaton. Love it. The Princess Bride. Come on. <laughs> I am Mantega Mantega. Did you get my father? Let me see. And the best one of these three. And the best of these three? No, it's not the best one. It is to me. Oh, it's not. It's just of its time, which is when Harry met Sally. I think that it's not, it doesn't hold up so much anymore. It's very of the 90s. Like, I loved it, loved it, loved it. I watched it so many times. But as I've matured past the age of this sort of whiny, friendy man woman thing and this sort of, I don't know, it's very, or it's very metropolitan and very. I'll tell you another movie that's But very, it's good. I'll I mean, tell you I'm another not movie that's deny. very metropolitan also and also Leia. stars Meg Ryan. Princess Leia. Um, you've got mail. Mm, that's not a classic. No, but what I'm saying is, at the time. Oh, yeah. It, well, it, Sleepers in Seattle, you've got mail. Yeah, you've got mail, I'm thinking, particularly. At the time, it was like the birth of the internet almost, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this thing, or it's this love story based around, and it, it feel, you know, it feels cool. Like, we, Met over the internet. <laughs> yeah. I feel connected to any sort of nice love story. Now, if you'd watch that, I think it would be like, Ugh. that was then. I wasn't, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it, it doesn't fit now. It just, you have to transport yourself back to then, but it's too late. And when Harry Met Sally's got a similar vibe. It's very, the 90s, every day, it's weird. Every, every decade. Every decade. Yeah. But, but funnily enough, ones that were made in the 80s, they don't seem to like. Like, I can go back to 80s movies. That's because you were more impressionable in your yeah, 80s. Yeah, that's what it is. When you're in your 20s and whatever, in the 90s. I was in my 20s and early 30s. Yeah, maybe. Um, you're you're sort of looking at things a little bit different. So that later when you remember back on it, it doesn't have the romantic, like, ah, uh, thing. Whereas in the 80s, you're just sort of a stupid kid. Like, and everything soaks into your brain. All the goodness of it, all the spectacular of it, all the the stimulating part of it, all the newness of it. Because by the time you're in your 30s, at least me, I lived a little bit. I'd done a few things. And movies coming at me, I was a, my brain was a little less, was a little more choosy about what I remembered. So I remember the 80s very fondly as well. Imagine if the first film you ever saw as a human being was The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Be awesome. At what age? Like five? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you're gonna see movies like before thirteen. Then. You're not gonna wait till you're thirteen to see a movie. Well, let's say you did. Like you're you not. Were. You're not. And thirteen, you would let your thirteen-year-old son watch this movie. I would if I was like a thirteen-year-old boy, and I was like, I found that my dad. My dad. Okay, no one's letting you watch this movie. No, 
No, nobody's letting me. I'm okay. sneaking a watch of it while they're, while they're out. <laughs> it blow like, my mind. It blow we... my little mind. Like... <laughs> the way we both watched The Exorcist when yeah. we were too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, what? What, what, what is all this? All this is in the world. Like, it's crazy. He's got a candle in his ass. Yeah. Oh, my God. Am I... <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me that this happens in the world? <laughs> and then... 30 years later, <laughs> that movie, that movie would be the thing that's romanticized like in your mind. To you, like, like Star Wars is to me. Yeah. Right now. For you, in life, good, good versus evil and good always wins and the bad guy's terrible and blah, 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 right? Nobility and all that. If, if <laughs> Wall, 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 Wall Street was like your impressionable time, you might be like, well, yeah, I'm going to do everything I can to make money. Might affect your morality. I don't... You know what? I do not disagree with that. All right. So that's our recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff. I've uh, been playing one game this week, and that's on the PlayStation 4, and that's Infamous Second Son. It's the third, which is really confusing. Infamous Second Son is the third Infamous game. But why it's called Second Son is because the first two games featured one character, and this is the second character. Because if you played Infamous 2 at the very end, Mm -hmm. that character... Well, it's funny, actually. I can't really spoil it because Infamous is a game about choosing morality. You choose good or bad. And Infamous 2, you can choose to be good or bad. And depending on which one you chose, either your character died or he didn't. But anyway, they made the story so that didn't happen. And then there's this new guy. Well, it did still happen. Okay, don't. It doesn't matter. It does matter, actually. It doesn't the, matter with lore. you talking about the the game, though. Do you like it? No, I mean it does matter in the lore of the game because. Yeah, but not with you liking. But this is that's the weird thing. When you give somebody a morality choice in a game, and there's two ways it can go, then you can't have both of those things exist for the next game because. So the so the publishers have to say, oh no, it never went that bad way. It went the good way. So you have to follow on from the good way. So it's weird that. But anyway. This is the third one, and it's on the PlayStation 4, so obviously the graphics are, like, incredibly good. Like, they're some of the best graphics I've seen yet. You know, like, they look, it looks like an ultra-high-end PC game on the PlayStation 4. Um, I've not really played a ton of it yet. I've played maybe six hours. I'm, like, in the middle of the game, I guess. Um, and I'm a bit massive fan of Infamous. And as you saw me last week, I was playing Infamous 2 again. I'd played it through again just to uh, catch up on the story. Uh, so this is by Sucker Punch, the guys who made um, Sly Cooper. So it's kind of shares a lot of Sly Cooper's gameplay because the way you can scale buildings and run across telegraph poles, all that stuff is kind of taken from Sly Cooper. But this is like an adult version of Sly Cooper because Sly Cooper's for kids, really. Um, He's Sly. <laughs> but you're this guy... In this new one, um, what has happened is there are these people in the world called conduits who have these special powers. And the government has basically taken all these conduits and locked them up in this, like, like Guantanamo Bay kind of... Guantanamo. Kind of a scenario. They're all locked up. And you are one of these conduits. You don't know at the beginning of the game, but like in the first few minutes, you realize you are one because they're transporting some prisoners to this prison. And, uh, the, as the convoy is going, it crashes hmm. and you're there. That's a new idea. 
<laughs> and you're there to help. Uh, well, you're there as it crashes, so you go over to help one of the prisoners, and as you touch him, the powers go into you, so you get these powers. And then you're you're the guy who you play. He's like a graffiti artist, kind of punk kid, but now he's got these powers. He realizes he can go to Seattle, which is where all the government have shut down the whole place, and it's all like bar- barricaded up and stuff, and kind of change things for the for the better. So he goes there to change things, and. The gameplay is open world. They've mapped all of Seattle, like the city center, and you can even run up the Space Needle. It's all awesome looking. Time of day changes, all that kind of thing. And you've got these powers. And the power you get at the beginning is the power of smoke, because this car's on fire and you get the power. And it's smoke. You can do things with smoke. As in, I can throw smoke at you as a person and you'll be coughing your head off and then I can like subdue you or kill you they're the moral choices um, so there's a lot of going around the city trying to clean it up like um, getting rid of these DUP they're called, like they're, they're like the police but they're conduit police, they don't want conduits in the city and if they do they're going to go to prison so it's like X-Men Yeah, really. mutants are the bad guys and we want to control them or kill them all. Well, the mutants are not bad guys, essentially. No, That's I'm saying the, the government says the yeah, mutants the are mu- the bad guys. Yeah, the government don't want... Because they're so powerful, they don't want them around. And you're just this punk kid who happens to have these powers. And you seem to be get Like, he's also getting kind of a kick out of having these powers. So oh, it, sure. So it can go either way. Like, I'm playing as the good guy. Always. But if you play <laughs> as the bad guy, it's like, oh, I'm just awesome, so fuck everything. Like, he, he, he takes on that kind of persona. So whichever way you play, he becomes a different he person. He could become this character in this movie. I don't. I have the power of money, and I'm going to do anything I can. Right. I don't care if I'm hurting people or doing bad things. And this guy can run up buildings, and there's a whole... It's like X-Men, but it's the voice acting's really cool, and it's he's portrayed by Troy Baker, who did Joel in The Last of Us. And he did awesome job of Joel in The Last of Us. And you wouldn't, looking at the guy in real life, you wouldn't think he... The voice that actually comes out of him is not Joel's voice. Again, he plays this new character. And it's... But that's that's the skill of a, a voice, voice actor. Yeah. I know what I'm saying. But he plays him in his own Troy Baker voice. But, um... And what they've done here, Sucker Punch, they've actually taken the likeness of Troy Baker. And nice. put it in the character, but not fully. Because if you look at them side by side, they kind of look like each other. Yeah, just yeah. hints of him. And it's really cool. And the the motion captures come a long way. Like in The Last of Us, they look like... Is it because in their other game, is it the same people made Last of Us? No. Oh, right. Naughty Dog and Sucker Punch. They're Sony's big companies, you know. But I keep them all straight. Sucker Punch of the Sly Dudes. Anyway, um, it's a really cool game. It's uh, infamous. If you like the other games, this is like a major improvement on those games. Not just because the graphics are better, which they are, because the gameplay is tighter. Like it's there's a lot. It feels like there's a lot less to do, but as you go through, you realize there's actually a lot of things to collect and a lot of city to explore. There's like drug busts you can do, and there's like. If you're a bad guy, you can like go around. There's protesters who, who are protesting all over the city. If you're the bad guy, you can kill the protesters. If you're the good guy, you can ignore the protesters. <laughs> but um, paint signs with the protesters. <laughs> it's really cool. Oh yeah, and they they do have like um, you have to turn the controller on its side because he's a graffiti artist. So you turn it on its side and hold it like you would be holding a can of paint. So then mm-hmm. you've got the trigger on the top, and you shake it. 
and the speaker inside the controller makes the shaking noise of a paint gun shaking. And then you hold it up, and the cursor on the screen maps to it, so you can move it around like a Wiimote. Right. And you press the thing down, and it sprays. So you have there's actual mini games where you have to spray murals on the side of buildings and stuff. And the the artwork's inspired by Banksy. You can tell it's mm-hmm. very. He, he puts stencils up, and then right. you paint over them. So they use a lot of this motion technology. It's just a really cool game. It's on, only on the PlayStation Four. And the other game I've been playing this week is DJ Max Technica Q. This is a game only I know about. I assume. <laughs> It's a, game, it's a game no I've know. played on the Vita. On the Vita, it's called DJ Max Technica. And I've been playing it for over a year. It's one of my favorite games on the Vita. And it's a rhythm game from the arcades. It's um, I've talked about it before. It's like Japanese and Korean pop. And it's a rhythm game where you tap your fingers on the screen in time to it and you get better scores. Now, it's on Android and iPad, and it's free. Uh, you can just download it. Uh, it's quite a big download. It's like 1.5 gigabytes. So you have to have a decent amount of space on your device. But it's free and it's awesome. It's just like the Vita version if you like that one. But there's like this in-game... It's a trap. Yeah, and it really saddens me because I love the game. I thought it was $30. It was on the Vita. Oh, I... But if you get this Android one, it's free. And you think, oh, that's cool, it's free. I can play all the songs and do the thing. And you get it, and there's six songs. And I thought, well, you play through the six songs, and then it unlocks the next songs. That is not how it works. Those are your six songs. And if you want other songs, and there are like 80 other songs in the shop, you buy them with Q money. It's called like Q credits. And I was like, oh, well, you just probably earn the Q credits as you play, right? You do better and you get Q credits. Well, no, you don't ever get Q credits by playing. You have to go in the store and, like, it'll say, 500 Q credits, fifty nine ninety nine, Or, yeah, I think the minimum amount of Q credits you can buy is 10, and it's uh, $5, $4.99. So you have to start, like, exchanging real money for these things to buy these songs, which is the wrong way to go, in my opinion. I would rather have an ad, like a banner ad, all the time in the, in the loading screens. Or how about they say, this game with 80 songs is $10. Yeah, that would be the ideal yeah. scenario. And I mean, I did buy it on the Vita for thirty nine ninety nine because I loved it. And I still play it. And I got 60 songs. And I paid thirty nine ninety nine. It came in a cartridge. I bought it. And I can play them as much as I want whenever. This way, somebody on Neogaf did the thing. If you total it up how much all the songs are on, and say you want all of the songs, um, it comes to $118. How much is all of Rock Band, though? That's gonna oh, be that's lots. that's thousands Hundred, of dollars. Yeah. No, it's thousands of dollars. So because there's a lot of stuff. and that game's not free. No, you gotta pay sixty and then pay for. Content. And I love this game, and I that I love the songs because I know what the songs are because I've got them in the. You know, they're very weird songs. I wouldn't listen to this type of music, but it's fun to play with these songs. It's all. It's not in English language or anything. It's uh, mostly Korean. But there's something... Which you do not speak. No. And there's something <laughs> fun about playing it, and it's like weird kind of Japanese, some Japanese pop, some... Isn't it Korean? Not all Korean. It's a mixture. How do you know? Just from what it says. It actually tells you who the artist is. And while you're playing the game, there's the music video playing in the background. I thought with, it was in Korean. With the dots over the top. Well, the singing is. Oh, not the word. Where, okay. Yeah. You don't need the words. It's uh, you, yeah. you're, you're tapping. So this new method of them, like Plants vs Zombies, for example, we're giving you the game for free, 
Yeah. We're giving you the game for free. But they're really so giving you, you a really demo. if you really enjoy our content, if you really enjoy it, then you should be willing to support and, us. And you know what? Now... If this was $10, like you just said, yeah. to unlock the whole thing... Yeah. No problem. I'd pay Exactly. It. Yeah. And then if you got a million people to do that, you just made $10 million. Now, in the world of phones and Androids, ten, a million now is not outrageous to think that you could sell a million downloads of your oh, thing. Oh, easy. Right. A free game. Exactly. But if you say to everyone, here it is for free, and then you're just hoping... That they buy. Now, you might not get a million people who are going to spend that hundred and some dollars, because they'll play those first six songs, and then they'll and be then like, screw yeah. this. So, where does this model come from? That because Is it because there's lots of stupid people in the world? And they sit there and go, oh, this is just a dollar. This is just a dollar. It's like a casino. It's just a nickel. It's just a nickel. It's just a nickel. It's just a nickel. And before you leave, you've spent $200. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that all the... You know, this is the interesting thing. You know when you download it and I told you it's like 1.5 gigabytes? You actually... All the songs have been downloaded. There's okay. nothing else to download. They're all there. They're just locked. So whenever you do buy a song, it just unlocks the song. So you've got all the songs. You've got the full game. You're just kind of buying these things. And when it, when I realized it was $118 to actually unlock the entire game, I was like, that is just taking the piss. That's way too much for anybody. I mean, $60. Say it was $60 to unlock all the songs. Well, that's the price of a retail But how about if they just say to you, here's the game for fifty nine ninety nine yeah, with exactly. 86 There's songs. no anything else. You don't yeah. buy nothing. You just And play. later... Two years down the road, when everybody's hankering for more, then we'll sell a $10 downloadable content That's package. That's the best way. I think. I think you'd make loads of money. This way is ridiculous because when I'm playing it, I actually feel... Um, I love this game as well. I, I can't tell you how much I just want to pick it up now and play it. I've always loved it. But you're still I'm, got I'm the same fun. six songs. I'm its fun. You know what I mean? I'm the guy who should be... But I have a feeling of, like, I want those songs, but... You're taking the piss, so I can't buy them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to just, you know, put $20 in and buy some songs, but because I realize how much they all yeah. cost, I'm not doing it. Yeah, and the thing is, I would have given you $20 to begin with. I would have. If you yeah. said to me, or someone said to me, here's a demo, play play one song, oh, I love it, here's your $20, give me all the songs. So, from a business point of view, I know there are going to be people sitting there listening going, well, yeah, that's how they make their money, and well... They're not making it off of me and you. No, and this is an awesome game, and it's free on the iPad and Android. And unfortunately, it is better than the Vita version because there's more features in this version. There's, it actually has better leaderboards. There's like achievements. There's like contests every week. Like get a high score, we'll give you some free stuff. And you said it started in the arcades. Yeah, it's in the arcade. It was an arcade game. So people are spending a dollar or whatever Korean money is now. Imagine. And that then now, if you get it at home and you're playing in your hand, you're going to spend less than that. How much do you think you spent in arcades in your teenage years? <sighs> Way too much. <laughs> in a day, would you spend 20 pounds, 40 pounds, or would you have that kind of money then? No. Um, 10 pounds a day. Maybe a tenner a week. But still. Still too much. That's like, For five years of your teenage years, that yeah. adds up to a lot. Yeah. So, I love this game, and the Vita version's probably the best way to play it, because you can just pick... The Vita version's been on sale recently for $20 for the whole thing. So if you buy that, that's that's it. That's your full game, all the songs, 60 songs. This version is better than the Vita version because there's more stuff in it. It's just got that shitty thing to it. I don't know. <laughs> I love it, but I, you know. I you might. don't want to support it. That's the problem. I don't want to contribute no, to the system because if a million people do that, then they go, hey, a million people file for it. 
Look, we just and um, see. I do this thing on. Um, it's funny. There's this thing on on uh, Android called Google Rewards, and it's um, a little app that you install on Android. And every so often, it pops up in your notification bar. There's a survey for you to do, and it's from Google themselves. And it's literally, um, hey, do you have a cat or a dog? And you say yes or no, and then it goes, here's some Google Play credit for telling us that, and they give you thirty cents. And I've been doing it for ages. It's called Google Rewards if you want to do it. It's free to do. And and I had like $5 worth of money just stacked up that I'd been getting for doing these little surveys. I'm, I was tempted to even <laughs> use that to buy $5 worth of songs. And then I was like, no, I don't even want to give them that. I'd rather buy a new game with that. Like exactly. a game. So, a straight up, straightforward, we're not going to nickel and fucking dime you to death kind of game where it's like, here, we created this, we're selling it I'm to just you. hoping that... It's like you, we made this cup we're not gonna sell you the handle and then the bottom and then part of the side and then part of this side we're gonna sell you the fucking cup and you're gonna go home and you're gonna use it yeah and so that's I'm, end of it so i'm thinking maybe it won't do as well because people don't like that method or maybe people will just buy tons of songs and they'll be fine. also is in korean <laughs> no it's actually it's funny because it's the english version yes the music's korean but the dialogue and everything is in English. But occasionally it's in kind of fucked up English. Like like a dialogue will come up and half of it's Korean and half of it's English. Like they didn't translate it properly. Or a word in English is spelt wrong. So it's even got a layer of kind of gunk to it. That The, the Vita version's completely English, right? I mean, that one's been through quality control. This one, it seems like a work in progress a little bit. So it's DJ Max Technica Q. It's free. It's awesome if you just want to try it for free and just try the six songs, go for it. But uh, it's such a shame because it's such a good game. So what's for dinner, Sitor? Tonight will be the Morningstar dinner special plate. Dinner plate special. How's that go? That is the Morningstar burger. Does it have a bun? It has a bun. We have buns left over. Yeah, that is awesome. Are they all right? I don't know if they're all right. Yeah, they're all right. We'll check them. Uh, If there's mold, we will not be eating them. (laughs) There's the Morningstar burger. Is the star of the show. Well, not for me. The fries, I think. We have some fries, maybe. I don't know for a fact. Um, we'll see. Uh, and then some vegetable of some sort. And then I will... So basically what we normally have. <laughs> <laughs> no. Was that we had pasta? No, I mean what we normally have. So this is often on this often. night. Often. Because it's we're easy. in a rush. Yeah. It's easy. All right. And Sito, what's your advice for this week before we get the hell out of there? What does it say? Grow so, something. Make something. Even if you're assembling something that you've bought parts for. Or create something. I don't care what it is. I find that people who don't make or create or grow or design things. Who basically just sort of consume or participate. Now I'm talking about if you consume watching Major League Football constantly. Or you consume whatever. TV shows. Computer geekery stuff. That... It's easier to complain about things if you've never created anything or made anything. And I'm not saying, like, because I make some artwork that I never have a criticism for artwork or for anything else. I'm just saying, and this is a theme I think I've said a lot of times, everybody needs to be able to make something. Like, 
We make this podcast every week. <laughs> I don't consider that making anything. Well, I, also I make, can't help it. We are making this, creating this. We're thing. just having a conversation. You happen to be recording it and people listen to it. And I, There's fair a creation enough, process going on. Fair enough. It is content for someone else to consume, but I don't feel like I'm creating anything. Well, you are. Um, I'm not, though, because I'm not. It's not on purpose. It might be accidental. But if you're just a consumer, just a consumer, we all, we all we have to have that in the world, too. In our economies. But it's like you have no perspective on the process of actually creating something in your mind, designing it in your mind, or plotting it out, or even growing a garden and, and being responsible in your own little tiny world of getting that tomato to grow or whatever it is. And that, I think that whole part of creative person mind, or a productive person's mind... It's a different thing than someone who simply is like a, like a sponge who just soaks up everything. And then it's so much easier to criticize everything when you've never done anything. If all you ever do is consume and observe and bitch and moan and complain, then that's all you're going to do. Like your appreciation goes way down when you have never been a maker of something, you know, create something. So that's it. Grow something, make something, create something. That's it. And I'll remind you about our websites, which we created. com and SidTalk.com. Yes, we did create them. True. Uh, I will also alert you to our Twitter and Facebook. We both have those. We You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. Uh, just go to, or you can go to Stitcher.com. Um, or you can go to the RSS feed, com. click on the word podcast, email feedback to me at ascoli at ascoli.com, don't email SidTalk. She doesn't want to create any emails and send them back to you. <laughs> Not true. And finally, stay classy, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio, one of my favourite actors, and uh, what an awesome movie today was. Very good. I'm going to say think for yourself or someone's going to do it for you.